You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Kush Parikh and Corey Johnson. Be sure to check us out weekly every Monday and Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on social media on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds, that's K-N-O-W-S bleeds, on Instagram at the nosebleeds, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the nosebleeds. Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleeds Podcast. That's K-N-O-W-S Bleeds. It's your boy. What up, y'all? It is Kush, and I'm here with my host from the most, Mr. Corey Johnson. Corey, how are you doing? How was your weekend? I'm solid, man. How are you doing, though? How are you doing? That's the big question. How are you doing? We didn't we didn't post out an episode on Friday, or sorry, on Thursday, and that's because I was wasn't feeling too well, so I couldn't really record. So um, sorry about that. I'll take the L on that one. But we're back. My guy, my guy was having some some serious problems, bro. Don't worry, I don't have I, I don't have coronavirus though. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was not that. It was not that. It was not that. I got had had a little bit of a stomach ache. It was not. It was not pretty. (laughs) No, but yeah. Um. So sorry about that. That's my fault. I'll take the L. But we're back again. Brand new week. So let's get it. Big week, by the way. Let's start off with on this day in sports history, July twentieth in nineteen seventy six, the great Hank Aaron would hit his final career home run, home run number 755 off of Angels pitcher Dick Drago, which at the time was the most career home runs hit by a player in MLB history. And this is the 44th anniversary of this milestone, which happens to be Hank Aaron's number as well. So that's kind of cool thing. Hank Aaron is also the all-time leader in career RBIs with 2,297 RBIs. And this is the crazy part. So Hank Aaron played 23 years in the majors. And he didn't have a single season where he struck out more than 100 times. Wow. Which is insane. And I, I was uh, reading an article and in, in an interview. He said that his biggest regret in his entire career was that he never won a triple crown. A, a triple crown is basically leading in their respective leagues in batting average, home runs, and RBIs. And he is second in home runs all time, first in RBIs all time, and he finished a lifetime batting average of 305. So it is kind of surprising that he never won a triple crown. And he himself said, I should have at least won two or three of them. Yeah, like, that's pretty incredible. But overall, I mean, like, the the longevity of his career and just the way that he was able to sustain that level of – level of consistency is just incredible in itself i mean for that to be his only regret in his career i mean that's pretty it's pretty incredible right and i mean yeah the guy played for 23 years which is incredible so i mean we didn't think his home run record would be touched but then lo and behold barry bonds broke that record so do you see that home run record being broken uh let's not even talk about barry bonds let's talk about even the second (laughs) Or even the third of Babe Ruth. Do you see anybody even hitting 700 home runs? Looking at the current list right now, the only active MLB player right now that has anywhere close to uh, catching those guys is Albert Pujols, who has over 600-something home runs. But he's pretty much nearing the tail end of his career at age 39 right now. But you just look at how many guys are like in the 600 home run club. They had at least 20 year careers. So you have to have the longevity. You have to probably without a doubt, stay injury free and completely healthy for the most part of your career. You have to be able to hit at least 30 to, you know, a high number of home runs, 30 to 40 home runs a season, at least bare minimum. You can't have any seasons where you're hitting like just like 20 to 25 home runs. So you got to hit a lot of bombs. You got to be able to be consistent year in, year out. And right now, the way that guys approach batting is completely different to how it was 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, and I think, one of the only players who is in their prime right now that may, may have a chance, and it's even kind of a reach, is Mike Trout. 
right now. But I mean, even then, it's 700 is a tough number. Let alone 600 is a tough number of home runs to get. And like you said, and also with this, the new MLB season, which we're going to go over, I mean, it's a shortened season. So that in itself, having one season so shortened, you know, even hitting 20 home runs is equivalent to hitting like 50 home runs. But in at the, the grand scheme of it all, at the end of the day, it's only going to show up as 20 home runs in your record. It's not going to, you know, kind of uh, ratio out to 50 home runs or whatever the case may be. Right. The numbers will not, <laughs> not adjust. <laughs> exactly. Like the 20 home runs, the 20 home runs you're going to get, and that is going to make it hard to try to get to that 755, definitely. Um, but another little fun fact on today, in 1858, we're throwing it way back, uh, Today, July 20th, was the first game uh, that baseball charged. And it was 50 cents a game. And it was when New York beat Brooklyn by a score of 22 to 18. And that's a baseball score, not a football score, guys. Nope. That's a baseball score. <laughs> but 50 cents. I mean, you go to a game today, a bottle of water is 10 <laughs> times that <laughs> in today. So, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. 50 it puts cents. it in perspective. It definitely puts it in perspective because, like, it was kind of absurd to think that, you know, you stadiums or leagues would be charging fans like the amount of money that they charge them just to get in the building or get in the stadium. But I mean, uh, oh, how things have changed and how things are very, very, very much different from right. 1858. <laughs> right. I mean, now you go to a game, I think minimum. Well, depends on obviously what team you go and who they're playing. But like Angels game, I don't think you can get in with a ticket more or less than about 20 bucks out the door. So yeah, at least. All right, let's move on to baseball. We had some crazy news that just came out that Canada federal government denied the Toronto blue Jays request to play their home games at Rogers center. And, uh, this is due to the regular season games requiring repeated cross border travels from Canada to the U S and, uh, but the blue Jays, in nine days, they'll be having their first home game, which is scheduled on the 29th. And uh, this will be the first season with no games in Canada since 1968. And the Blue Jays are the only team in MLB based in Canada. And we had the Montreal Expos, who used to be another team in, in the MLB located in Canada until obviously they relocated in 2004 as the Washington Nationals. But what are the Blue Jays' options for their home games this upcoming season, Corey? I've seen and heard that they have had uh, some initial thoughts about maybe playing their games at the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, Stadium, PNC Park, and they're more so leaning towards doing something like that versus I've heard them maybe flirting with the idea of playing in Buffalo, but then again, I don't know if you want to go and play games in Buffalo, which that's already tough in itself to 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 get fans to you, oh, well, you don't have to worry about fans, but, I mean, like, it'll be tough in itself to maybe relocate over there. But I, I think you should probably more so lean towards the going to just another uh, team's ballpark and trying to, you know, use their facility since you won't be able to play at uh, in Canada. So I'm thinking that they're probably going to – what they should maybe honestly do is maybe look at a, a team in their own division that they can maybe, like, share uh, – so maybe like I guess like the Rays or something like that. So that way it's not too much of a heavy travel. But that's just my opinion. Well, heavy travel. The Rays are down south in Florida, so that's going to be kind of tough. Tampa Bay. But, no, I um, mean like they like because I I get like as far as like traveling wise, it seems like the MLBs you know staying consistent as far as just letting uh, you know teams travel and play like road games and stuff like that and home games in their in their own ballparks. But as far as like maybe keeping it to to which you can maybe eliminate some of the travel that has to go with them playing in their own division, maybe they could to to they could use one of the their division rivals stadiums. But I guess that won't probably go over. So maybe they'll just use a NL team stadium. Well, see the whole thing. I mean, obviously there's been speculation, like you said, Buffalo, which is uh, they have a AAA stadium over there or they can there's also been speculation of using their spring training stadium in right. florida 
Um, but the Blue Jays came out and told the players even, they said, we're going to look for a major league stadium for you guys. And they flirted with the ideas of Pittsburgh, PNC Park, like you said, or Baltimore Camden Yards. They've also been talking about that. But with the schedules already set in stone and less than a week out, a couple days out from the MLB starting, it's like, how are you going to shift the schedule? Because let's say you do share the stadium with the Pirates. What if on your schedule? Yeah, on the same day, right. You both have home games. So, like, how is that going to work, too? So, And I think it's just way too late to kind of shift the schedule. Uh, Because we're what? It's the 20th and three days away. The 23rd is when the season starts. So, it's going to be a little tough to do that. So, I mean, I think in this time right now, I don't think MLB will have any fans. They've obviously talked about maybe getting some fans in and having them social distance within the, the, the stadium. But I'm just like, at this point, I think just have no fans, first of all. And if that's the case, then why not just use a triple A stadium? Like, why are you, why do you have to get a major league stadium? I mean, I guess maybe because of the artificial noises from like the fans that they're going to be playing, like they have better sound system in the, in the bigger stadiums. But I mean, at this point, when you're kind of desperate for a stadium, I don't think you can pick and choose. So I, I, I don't see why they don't just go to Buffalo and play at the AAA. Yeah, I feel like the options are kind of limited in being too choosy since it's so late in the game. Like you said, season starts in three days. So if it was, like, maybe early on, like, and this is why, we, you know, going back to the whole negotiation process – if like the negotiation process maybe would have been like a little bit quicker, you could have maybe ironed out these details a lot sooner and maybe had this already cleared up a month or a couple weeks instead of days from the season starting. So, yeah, that's true. But I mean, Canada, they're a smart country and basically said, nope. And we've seen how the, the cases in the U.S. are going right now. Yeah, we don't Stay want that over here. There. Yeah, it's like, don't we don't want that, that over here. here. <laughs> we don't want that over here. So, yeah. So I, do, I do not blame Canada makes sense. one bit. Nah, I don't blame. I, don't, I wouldn't blame any country from doing that, to be honest, like shutting down their borders and not yeah. really permitting a whole lot of travel in and out. How the tables have turned against the U.S. It's just, it's just so, it's just so, I don't know. I feel like it's a a bad spot to be in because it's like yeah like when you think of like canada you think of like especially like uh with trudeau like you think of like a country that's all about like welcoming and opening and and they're just like nope sorry, eh? <laughs> don't come over here <laughs> sorry i eh? stay your ass there <laughs> it's like they just wag their finger like the kimbe matumbo like no 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 for real. But it's going to be interesting. I mean, like I said, I don't think there's going to be fans in the stadium because I don't think this pandemic is going to be under control. But it'd just be crazy because it's like, what if the pandemic finally gets under control and it's mid-season? It's like, is Canada going to take them back? Are they going right, to like relocate right, back? Right. Also, a big thing is uh, the Blue Jays, they play indoors too at Rogers Center. So it's going to be interesting how they adjust to – I mean, obviously, they do play outdoors when they play the division rivals or whatever the case may be. They're away games. But it's just, like, more of your games are going to be outdoors now, too. Yeah, I mean, if if things – you know, if and when things do get under control, uh, it will be interesting at, at the fact of looking at it from the perspective of would fans be allowed to, to come back? Would you be able to maybe – try to sneak in a few more games into the season or, you know, like those are the type of things that maybe you could start thinking about. But I think that's just such a ways away that things are pretty much set in stone that it's not going to be any fans and uh, it's going to be a 60 game season and they're going to try to do their best. And I think that I was listening to the radio uh, like either yesterday or a couple of days ago but uh, they were talking about how elite, a sports league that should be rooting for MLB to succeed is the NFL because the NFL is going to use MLB as a bit of a as a test and, and as a proxy in a way to be able to see, like, if things go smoothly with MLB, then we know that, like, you know, we'll be able to to iron out any details or figure things out. If things don't go well with MLB, then we got a lot that we got to, you know, jump on and make sure that we're fully engaged in making sure that 
our sport doesn't go through similar setbacks. Yeah, one one hundred percent. That's a great point you brought up, and we're obviously we're gonna go over the NFL because seems like their heads moving three steps, but their feet are only moving one step forward. So we'll have to <laughs> baby see. steps, very yeah. small steps. Well, let's go over our twenty twenty MLB predictions with our teams. Uh, we have our divisions. Let's start off with the AL East. Who do you think is gonna take the AL East this year, Corey? I mean, it sounds predictable, but at the same time, they're the favorites for a reason, and it has to be the New York Yankees. I think they're going to get their 20th AL East division crown. Uh, I just think that the Yankees, you look at their their lineup and what more needs to be said, Judge, Stanton, uh, you know, you got several different guys that you can mix in and out, so much depth. Uh, I think the one thing, though, that concerns me about the Yankees, if anything, is their pitching. Now, it isn't to say that they have a bad lineup or they have a bad rotation. Um, I just know that once it gets late in the game or once it gets uh, in those situation in those uh, situational scenarios, um, I just don't know if the Yankees have, like, a guy that you can fully put stock in uh, out of the bullpen. And I, I'm just I'm – just, worried that the pitching staff if it falls to pieces like if a guy gets hurt or he's on uh he's he's on the il or not available that things could turn really bad but i i will say that the yankees will win the al east but i will say don't sleep on the tampa bay Rays. don't sleep on the tampa bay Rays. they could be a dark horse to win that division I got the Yankees as well. I, well, I, I got to say that because they're obviously my favorite to win it all. I've said that in a past episode. And even uh, last night on Sunday night, they looked great. Judge and Stanton combined for three home runs against the Mets. And, uh, I mean, given they were going up against a young arm, but still, this is their one of their first games actually playing another team. So, it, it was good to see that, you know, Stanton, first of all, that Stanton and Judge are healthy. That's the big thing for Yankee fans at they're all loving right now. And then to see them hit home runs, judge hitting multiple home home runs. That's amazing for Yankee fans and the Yankees themselves. But to your bullpen point, I mean, I think they have the best bullpen in the league. I don't think anyone could top them, but that again, given that this whole coronavirus situation, what's going to happen because we've already seen it with a role, Miss Chapman, he tested positive for coronavirus and he's on uh, 14 days. The, or IO, I should say, or, I don't even know what you would call the list. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's injury. List. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but, I mean, playoff success is based on – highly based off your pitching. And I think when you have Garrett Cole and – I mean, obviously they lost Luis Severino for the entire year with Tommy John. But, I mean, they still got Garrett Cole, who's arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now, in the American League, I should say, too. And uh, so, I think their pitching staff is chilling. It's – Again, all comes down to staying healthy with the Yankees, and that's always been their problem. But when they are healthy, they can be the best team in MLB. All right, let's move on to the AL Central. Who you got, Corey? So it took me a while because – This was a hard for, division. For, for, for the Central of both AL and NL, mm-hmm. those were like – and the NL East was really tough for me. But for the AL Central – I'm going to rock out with the team that I picked as favorites. I'm going to say the Chicago White Sox just edge out the Twins, but it'll be very, very close, like neck and neck uh, all season long. Now, I understand, like, the Twins on paper, they look good, and they had, like, a really, really good 2019. Like, their lineup is stacked. But just something tells me that with the shortened season of 60 games, all it takes is for that – for like you to go on like a five, six, seven, eight game win streak. Next thing you know, you hop over, <laughs> you hop over a team, and next thing you know, you're in first place. So, uh, I, I feel like if the White Sox have like a great start to this to the season, uh, there and as long as they maintain and stay healthy and are able to to really apply that pressure on Minnesota, I think they could sneak that division and, and definitely be crowned AL Central champions and they they look like a very hungry determined team this year and I just feel like this this will be a a year where the White Sox make some serious noise 
I definitely think the White Sox made amazing moves in the offseason, but I just think the Twins have too much damn power on this team to not have <laughs> them winning at all. I mean, you look at Mitch Garver, Sano, Cruz, Rosario, and they added Josh Donaldson to yep, that lineup too. So yep. it's like that power is absolutely insane. And then plus when you're going up against the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers, like kind of an easy – uh al central to go up with like that's basically written wins in already i would say that because (laughs) that's i don't know if that's speaking credit how good the twins are how bad those teams are (laughs) but i mean and don't sleep on their pitching staff either i mean they got kenta maeda as well too and yeah luis barrios they're yep and they're they're bullpen solid too so that's why i got the twins but like you said i think the al central and the nl central which we're going to go over in a bit those two were one of the hardest divisions to try to pick a winner. Let's move to the AL West. Who do you have, Corey? The team everybody hates. The Houston Astros, I think, are going to win this division. The Houston um, Asterix. Asterix. <laughs> nah, but uh, I, I think that they're still, I believe, a team to beat, even though, like, because p- people forget. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, what they did was wrong, and yes, um, they will always be looked at, at as being a franchise in infamy and, you know, all those things. But they still have a very talented squad. They still have a very, very, very solid all-around lineup. And then you still look at the pitching staff. Yeah, Verlander is no spring chicken. Yeah, Granky's no spring chicken. But these guys are still really good, really good pitchers. And when they're in a groove, they can be dominant pitchers. And it's just, it's just, I think getting, once they get to the postseason, it'll be all about whether or not they can be able to find that same level and be able to, to get back to the world series because they've been to the world series. They've been deep in the postseason, like these past few years. So it'll just be interesting to see if, whether or not they can go on another postseason run. Yeah, and plus with no fans, uh, they can't bang trash cans anymore because everyone's <laughs> going to be able to hear it. So we'll definitely see. I saw I saw a really funny uh, uh, meme on Twitter, and it was basically the – it was like a normal broadcast view of their inner squad games. And it's like, this is the best angle we have. I know damn sure they have better camera angles than Minute Maid wow. Park. So it's kind of just, you know, poking at them. But – I have the Astros as well. Hate to say it, but cheating or not cheating, the Astros teams is still good in every aspect of the game. Uh, still have ageless wonders like fine wine and Justin Verlander and Zach Grinky, And then their bullpen is solid as well, especially with Osuna punching the door closed in the ninth. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and the lineup's one of the strongest in the league. Well, so we think so. I think we'll really find out whether they are good without cheating, but. Astros, I think, I, I mean, the A's are always good. They always find a way to sneak up on the Astros as well. Angels, I just don't the think. Pitching the biggest yet. worry. Yeah, and then obviously with the Angels, biggest question is Mike Trout. I think whether he starts the season playing or later on, he's opting out either or. Because when his, when his baby's born, I feel like he's going to opt out and he's going to be with them, with him, and, uh, his baby and his wife for the rest of the season. So. That's why, obviously, with no Mike Trout, I can't see the Angels really doing anything. All right, let's move on to the NL. NL East, I got the Nationals. Um, this was, again, a tough division when to choose between, you know, the Nationals, you have the Phillies, you have the Braves in there, too. So they're really Pretty tough much every team but the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but they lost Rendon, which is a big loss, but the team is still stacked, both in the pitching department and the hitting department. Uh, all eyes are going to be on Juan Soto, but do not sleep on Victor Robles, who I think is a very young player who has star potential. Guy is a five-tool player who I think can definitely, if he if he plays up to his potential, whew, the Nationals got themselves another star to go alongside with Juan Soto. And uh, I think pitching is going to carry majority of the weight for this team. It's, and, but we, especially in the playoffs, we saw it last year and how successful they were with that. But that's why I have the Nationals. What about you? See, it was tough for me because I wanted 
to to go ahead and like I was looking at like the Braves and I was looking at maybe the Phillies and I was looking at the Mets. Like I was really, 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 really wanting to pick the Mets. But then I was like, man, no Syndergaard. And I was like, I feel like that's a big loss for me. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think the Nationals are going to take this division. And it's not really that big of a stretch when you look at it, but this might be the most competitive division in the entire league. I could see that. I think I, yeah. I think you have the NL Central, and I just think – I would say the NL Central just because the NL East has the Marlins in it. That, like, right, weighs right, them down. Right. Right. But, it's, but other than that, like, right. yes, they are. Because it's like, there. other than the Marlins, I mean, it's like literally no easy series when you're mm-hmm. playing your division. It's like you got the Braves who are still up and coming, but, you know, with Ronald Acuna Jr., they they got some pop in those bats, man. The only, the, also, the biggest concern about me is like whether or not Freddie Freeman might opt out because he's, he's still, he's still, you know, for right now, like, cool with playing. But he did say, like, he had, like, a serious scare. He thought he was going to die with yeah. uh, COVID. Like, he mm-hmm. was really, uh, like, praying that he he, he was going to make it through. So when you go through an experience like that, you never want to go through something traumatic like that ever again. So uh, yeah. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he opts out. And if he opts out, that would be a big loss for, for the Braves. Yeah, they and, already lost Nick Marcakis too. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, so. they try to bring on – Puig, but then he tested positive for coronavirus as well, too. What? I didn't even hear about that. Wow, yeah. That's crazy. Puig tested positive for coronavirus. And Dang, that's yeah. crazy. So, we'll see what happens with the Braves. Um, but the, the crazy thing that I think that not a lot of people talk about is because since since it's this season is so shortened, the way this entire schedule works is you play the teams that are in your division – and in the same region of the right. league. So it's like in the AL East, all these teams are going to have to go up against the Yankees, against the Rays, against the Red Sox, the Orioles, the Blue Jays. So it's like, even if you look at it in that aspect, and again with the NL Central, which we'll go over right now, I mean, they're going to have to play the Twins. The They're going to have to play the, the White Sox. So it's going to be tough. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, so let's go with NL Central. I have the Cardinals winning. I so hard to pick a team in this, but Cardinals. I just think even when you think they're not going to be relevant, like they might have an off season, mm-hmm. like in the upcoming season, they always find a way to sneak themselves into the postseason and pose a threat to opposing teams. We saw it last year against the Braves. I mean, yeah, that's, that's why I have the Cardinals. I mean, these guys. Like, do you think like they're kind of like the San Antonio Spurs of like MLB? Like they just always seem like they're in the mix. But the San Antonio, yeah, I guess you could say that. But I think the San Antonio Spurs are just they're a pencil in. Like I would say within the 2010s, maybe not these last two years, but they were mm-hmm. always a pencil in to the playoffs. The Cardinals, I wouldn't even say are a pencil in. It's just like the Spurs. They're both very quiet. They're not very like showboaty as a team. And that's why I think in that aspect, yeah, you can compare them to the Spurs. But, like, the Spurs, you could always, like, bank on them making the playoffs. The Cardinals, it's always like, are they going to make the playoffs? But they always end up making it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah. why I have the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go with your sleeper teams to win this division. Uh, Cincinnati Reds. I feel like the Reds, man, like, they got the pitching. They got some home run hitters. And they play at a very home run friendly ballpark. I mean, if they if they get on like a nice little run, a nice little stretch, it's gonna be tough. I'm thinking Trevor Bauer is going to really come at this year hard. He he seems so motivated like this entire offseason. Not saying like other guys don't, but I'm just looking at the way that like he added to the team when he got there. And I'm thinking he's he's been fired up. Just seeing like his tweets on social media and seeing. I feel like, like he's always he like saying. that, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he, like I think he's gonna go off this season. I think he really is gonna showcase, like, like yo, uh, I'm back. Like, I think, I'm yeah, ready he to definitely go. needs to have a bounce back season. Yeah, yeah. So why why not do it? And, and especially a shortened season, like, 
And I think if any position, this shortened season benefits pitchers the most because absolutely, because, especially health wise, not yeah, having to go through like exactly. so many different games, putting so much stress on your arm. Exactly. So come postseason, if they make the postseason, they'll be a lot more fresh than a normal season. Sunny Gray, Trevor Bauer. A lot of people still sleep on Sunny Gray. Sunny Gray is dope. Like, yeah. All right, let's so, move on. Yeah. NL West. Dodgers. I mean, yeah, yeah. there's nothing else to say. It's the Dodgers. I don't even think we don't don't have to get into the Dodgers. We all know. We already know. I mean, yeah, I think the Dodgers too. Uh, It's it's simple, self-explanatory. Doesn't need to be spoken about. All right, let's move on to our wild card teams. We both picked two wild card teams Uh, in the American League. Who are your two wild card teams, Corey? All right. So at first, I was thinking maybe the angels but you 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 when you mentioned the trout thing that that definitely that threw a curveball my way and i was like whoa that's so true and so i got the rays and um i think that whoever wins the central like whether it's the twins or the white Sox, i think the second team will be that wild card so in my case i think it's going to be the twins as the wild card with the rays for me, I got the Rays. Exactly what you said. Do not sleep on the Rays. They're dark horse. And then I honestly think if it's not they, – they have a legitimate chance to win the World Series as well too, the Rays. And, I mean, they could even take the division from the Yankees. And they're actually one of my favorite teams to watch. Stacked pitching, a lot of power in that Glasgow, lineup as well. Snell. Mm-hmm. Yep. And imagine if they still had Tommy Pham. That would be crazy. <laughs> but now they just have Renfro and a slapdick prospect. <laughs> but and the other, second team I got are I'm actually I know you're gonna hate to hear this Corey but I do not have your White Sox making the postseason I have the Twins making it and I have the Indians making it uh, sure which, sure which they gotta change their name first Maybe <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't have picked them because that's their name but whatever <laughs> but I couldn't do the Indians dirty I mean like these guys are so good on paper it's like how do you not have them making the postseason but that AL Central is so so damn tough and then the like thing I said, I'm bank- the thing I'm banking on with the Indians I feel like they're going to trade Lindor I feel like that is going to happen I feel like they're going to try to trade him before the trade deadline and if that that's, happens, well, I, I, I just feel like their, that's going to be their biggest storyline the entire season. Exactly. So if they do that, if they pull the trigger on him, I, I don't know what that's going to do as far as morale and as far as that team in the locker room. Uh, I was listening to um, Milton Sports Corner, which shout out Milton Sports Corner. They always give us a shout out. If you haven't checked them out, they're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Same as us. But Milton Sports Corner, they had one of their buddies on there, Tyler Freeman, who's actually a top 100 prospect of the MLB. And he was talking about Lindor and he was like, dude, Lindor is such a happy and nice guy. It's like, whatever you see on TV, how he's always smiles or whatever. He's like that behind the cameras as well too. It's like, he's such a friendly guy. And that's what he was telling us. And it's like, to your point of what you just said, losing a guy like Lindor could definitely affect the chemistry and the morale of this entire team. Just one guy, just because of what he means to the team, what he means to the franchise and what he means to his teammates as well too. So, I mean, if, they, if Lindor is traded, then I don't see them making the postseason. But I think that this, this guy's the best shortstop in the league right now. You've got to retain him. Just re-sign him. He's young, too. Like, do what you got to do, Indians. Come on, hold on to your guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, especially, like, I'm just looking at what's happened, like, when Mookie Betts got traded and, like, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, we've seen that often. Know, people were already thinking, like, Lindor next? Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> And then even, so, like, Nolan Arenado. And he just got a contract, too. So, it's, like, a lot exactly. of speculation. There's nobody is safe unless your name is Mike Trout. Pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. Safe. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, but, yeah, like I said, on paper, these the Indians are nice. But I think the bullpen is the biggest concern for them. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. They, they really haven't been as dominant of a bullpen since the last time they made it to the World Series back in 2016. Yeah. So, I think that's going to be their only Achilles heel. But – other than that, I think they're solid. And I do think Domingo Santana is going to have a breakout season this year, too. So do not okay. sleep Okay, okay, we'll see. All right. right. Let's move on to the National League. I got the Braves because, I mean, how can you not have the Braves? Tough division, but they're so young. Acuna, and then they obviously added Marcelo Zuna. 
They have Ozzie Albies, Freeman if he decides to play. And uh, I think the way they ended their season last year by getting ripped apart by the Cardinals in that game five, I think they have they have a chip on their shoulder. And they're going to prove to the MLB that, like, we're young, but we're legit. And the second team I have is the Reds. Obviously, I got to go with my sleeper team. Got to get them making it to the playoffs somehow. Otherwise, I just sound stupid. But <laughs> I think their their starting rotation, like you said, is so good. And they're, they have a strong bullpen, too. Uh, but I think their signing of Nick Castellanos, I think Castellanos is going to have an MVP season this year. Okay. All I, right. I think he's going to have an MVP season. Like you said, the Reds have a very hitter-friendly ballpark. There was even a video of Trevor Bauer facing his last batter at practice, and it was Nick Castellanos, and he hit what Trevor Bauer said. It was probably went 500 feet. Like Nick Castellanos hits dingers. He hits bombs. So, and then they also have Shogo Akiyama, their highly sought prospect, making his debut from Japan too. So, and he had he had a solid spring training, hitting over 300. So we'll see how the Reds do, but I definitely have him making it as a wild card. What's your NL teams, Corey? Oh, it's so difficult. Because I was thinking originally, I was thinking, because uh, I don't know. I just don't know, like, as far as, like, the Braves, like, obviously, like you said, like, Marquez is not going to be playing. And then, like, Freeman, hopefully he stays around. But don't know how his status is going to be. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm going to have to go with the Mets being up in there. And I know that's already – that's already. I'm already regretting saying this already because I feel like the Mets are going to do what they do best and disappoint me. <laughs> You're going to disappoint not only me but their, their fan base. But but I don't know. I feel like coming off a season of promise, you already have, like, some serious power. Can't even forget um, with now the DH rule, mm-hmm. the, the lineup is going to be stacked. Now, and you want to know who's actually been looking good for the Mets that a lot of people have been, like, quietly talking about? Yonas Cespedes. Yes, exactly. He's going to be playing DH this year. So, I yep. mean, that is going to be a big, big, big time change for their lineup is the fact that he's going to be moving to DH. And now that you have, like, a, a the D, the designated hitter rule, like, that being universal now is just going to be a, a huge thing because I feel like that is just going to add – another hitter into the lineup for not only AL team, not only NL teams like uh, across the board, but especially those teams that have like guys who just love to hit bombs. And I feel like the Mets are really going to benefit from that, especially if Cespedes stays stays healthy. He, all he just has to worry about is just making sure he just hits bombs. Yeah. And so I think the main, wor- the, the main worry about the Mets for me is just like the pitching staff. But, but with the pitching now with the whole universal DH thing, I think it helps pitching out the most, especially the Mets. Cause when you have guys like DeGrom and also Marcus Stroman, who had an amazing season for the Mets last year too, they're allowed to stay in the game longer. Cause like DeGrom can go a full nine innings and he can pitch a shutout. That's how good the guy is. But it's like, if it was a one zero game, it's like, and you're down, or it, it, yeah, if it's a one zero game and you want like an insurance run or something like that, you're going to take the Grom out and put a, put a uh, hitter in. And that obviously takes the Grom out of the, off the mound as well too. So I think that in that aspect, it definitely helps them as well. Yeah. 100%. And I feel like this team, if they had Syndergaard would 100% be ready to go in, on like a deep playoff run, maybe even win a world series, but I, I I had to settle with the with the wild card for them, and then my second team. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Braves. At first, I was gonna say Brewers, but I'm gonna go with the Braves. I'm gonna go with the Braves. So I'm gonna have three teams from the NL East making it to the postseason this year. I see it. I see, it. and then. The thing I feel bad, like yeah, the Brewers and the Cubs. I think those are the two teams that are not going to be. Yeah, those are those teams that I'm just not to like leave them out. Yeah, I don't want to leave them out, but at the same time, I'm just not too sure because I feel like with with the uh, with the Cubs, like obviously they're going to David Ross as manager this year, but I don't think it was the manager that was the biggest problem. Like they have some serious holes, obviously with uh, Quintana being out for. God knows how long that's a big arm that's missing out of the rotation. And then you still don't know, can Rizzo stay healthy? Sometimes he's up and down and, you know, Chris Bryant has kind of been up and down as well. Like, I mean, the team is good. The team overall on paper 
is good. It's just they did not really execute last season, and I just don't see how they are going to just wake up or the light bulb is going to turn on for them to, to get back to where they were back in 2016. Yeah, and then with the Brewers, I just don't think their pitching is going to be able to sustain these other. Yeah, I feel like it's yellow or bus. Yeah, well, don't don't sleep on the UCR product, Keston Hura. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to, I mean, not UCI, but shout out to. <laughs> he said not UCI. Not UCI, but shout out to Irvine. <laughs> just so yeah. in general. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, let's talk about our World Series matchup. I'll let you go first, Corey. Who you got? And who do you have winning, and then how many games? So, I'm going to go with the Nationals. And so, even – let me just explain before I make my pick. Even – I believe the White Sox have the, the ability to get to the World Series. But I just, I just don't see it happening. I think, like, they get to maybe, like, the ALCS or something like that, and they – get bounced out by the Yankees. So I'm going to go Nationals and the Yankees, and I think that the Yankees, they're going to do it, man. I think that the Yankees are going to be able to pull off maybe an upset, you could say, because the Nationals are the defending champions, and they have, you know, if you look at both of their rotations, I probably would take the Nationals rotation and pitching edge and the fact that the Nationals are the defending champions. Maybe the Yankees are the underdog, but since the Yankees are favorite, I guess, like, Pretty much everybody's expecting him to go on and win it. But I feel like this is going to be at least a seven-game series just because of how competitive both of these teams are. Just, like, right here, right now, like, no injuries, no players getting COVID. Just looking at both of these teams right here, right now, as they are, I have to go with the Nationals and the Yankees seven-game series. Damn, so you're going to do the Dodgers dirty like that, huh? <laughs> I just – I know I know Dodgers fans are not going to be happy. Oh, they're not going to be, but I just feel like the Nationals I see are kind of like – they're kind of like on that been there, done that type thing. You know what I mean? Because, like, mm. as much as people hate, like, the Astros and stuff like that, but they did get back to the World Series. They made it to the World Series, like, what, two out of three years? So, I mean, you're starting to see, like, a trend. Like, teams – that get there have been getting there and getting around there. Like they still been in the mix of being in the conversation. It's not like, yeah, like maybe like a few years ago, like the Indians and the Cubs made it to the world series and then had a, just like a crazy drop off and like, were not as dominant as they were those years. But I think teams are now kind of still being in contention and being in in those conversations and I feel like Nationals have a really good shot of getting back there and not only knocking off like outside the Dodgers I feel like the Nationals are probably the best team in the mm-hmm. NL mm-hmm. but I could, uh I could see that I just I don't know I feel like I look at their their rotation and I look at their pitching staff and I'm more so willing to trust guys like Max Scherzer <laughs> versus I'm sorry Clayton Kershaw and it's no diss on Kershaw it's just I'm looking at his track I'm looking at the track record of what they've done in the previous past and yes this is even a shortened season but playoffs is still the playoffs and I feel like it's just going to be a different a different beast but I don't know. Maybe with the fact that there's no fans, maybe the the pressure will not be there as much. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I got – I mean, I know it's going to be a boring prediction because they're both the favorites to win it all, but there's a reason for that. I got Yankees versus Dodgers. Um, Yeah, that's the dream matchup. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. For all the Dodger fans out there, would I want to see the Dodgers in the World Series taking on the Yankees? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would want to see it. I would want to see it happen because you got the two juggernauts and we almost had it like a few years ago, um, Dodgers versus Yankees in the world series. And I was kind of like hoping that we would get to see it, but you know, didn't, didn't end up happening. Yeah. I mean, these two teams, there's no weakness on either of these teams, but I think the only, honestly, the only part where, the Yankees edge out the Dodgers is when it comes to the bullpen and not saying that the Dodgers bullpen is bad, but I just think that the Yankees have the best bullpen in the majors and in the postseason, the bullpen is what ultimately a lot of the time decides games. So that's why I'm giving it to the Yankees, but I I have it going in seven games. So I have it being a good series 
And I think that's obviously going to be a dream matchup for baseball fans everywhere. Yeah, and the one thing I'll say is, is like, let me ask you this. So, like, let's say somehow, let's say that the Astros get back to the World Series, right? And let's say they win it. How do you think, like, how do you think, like, MLB is going to, like, deal with that like like imagine like that just would be so you know what that that would just be so 2020 if the astros won the world series this year that would be so 2020. yeah yeah okay yeah that's a good way to put it <laughs> that would be so 2020 didn't, didn't think 2020 could get worse hold up astros win the world series <laughs> it's like well there it is we don't talk about that we don't talk like about this it. year this year no one's gonna ever talk about it if the astros win the world series like Did, yeah, i swear to god do you not hear it. the end of it from correa and bregman i swear to god oh yeah I they're would, gonna be on a victory lap they're gonna be on a serious victory lap be like oh you guys talk shit about us said all this about us like, yeah, they're going to be on a serious victory lap. And, I, I mean, can you blame them? Because they had to deal with all the crap that they had to deal with. But at the it's same like, time. Why are you guys even talking, man? You guys got to keep your World Series anyways. Like, it didn't get freaking. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, stupid. But, it should have been in the first place, what I mean. But, but hey, Rob I mean, if the Astros the win, win. I'm saying this right now. If the Astros win the 2020 World Series, don't, don't, don't be shocked. That's all I say. Don't be shocked if they win it. <laughs> I hate the Astros. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's move Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> yep, let's move on. We got some NFL news. Uh, Texans and Chiefs rookies reported a training camp today. I mean, I feel like that just came out of the blues. Like, nobody was talking about training camp at all. And then all of a sudden, on Monday, Texans and Chiefs report, uh, rookies report the training camp. Um, and that's because the season opener – on September 10th is between the two teams, uh, and it's going to be played at Kansas City, well, depending on what the NFL does. But a little bit – here's the NFL training camp timeline. Uh, Tuesday, July 21st, is when rookie training camps start. Thursday, July 23rd, is when QBs and injured players report. And then next Tuesday, July 28th, is when all other players arrive to training camp. So, I mean, the NFL players and the NFLPA have been expressing their concerns about – the safety protocol or lack of, I should say, by the NFL. And they've been coming out on social media. Players have basically expressed on social media that they're dying to get back on the field and play with the game they love, but not at the cost of their health and safety of themselves and their families. So even the half a billion dollar man came out in tweet. And, you know, when that comes out, you got to pause everything, listen to Mr. Mahomes. And he basically said, quote, getting ready to report this week, hoping the NFL will come to agreement with safe and right protocols so we can feel protected playing the sport we love, end quote. So, and every player has been using the trending hashtag, which is hashtag we want to play. So a lot of players have come out and spoken. Even the NFLPA had a conference last Friday afternoon with members of Pro Football Writers of America where they addressed many issues that players uh, we're concerned about when returning back to work. And some of these are obviously they want to figure out the best way to practice and play football safely during a worldwide pandemic that's going on right now. And players want to be tested daily, but the NFL is recommending every other day. But so that, that's, that's a big thing, but I think it's kind of hard in that aspect when you have that many players. I mean, we saw it with baseball. Um, and then obviously there's no set in stone protocol or answer for what happens when someone tests positive for COVID-19. I think that's obviously the biggest red flag, the fact that you don't have something set in stone. And then, uh, obviously the players opt out logistics, like what the logistics are for that. And then a big concern is making sure players are in football shape. I mean, we've seen the workouts with Tom Brady's, the Cam Newton's, the OBJ's, but it's like, they're not wearing pads and you know once you put those pads on it's a whole different ball game oh, yeah, um, absolutely. and then also another thing is if players don't show up on time uh, it can be considered a breach of their contract and they'll be fined so that's kind of a big thing and then also with the preseason games there it's at two games right now but they're contemplating maybe even one game or maybe even no games for the preseason so Adam Schefter reported Monday morning that NFL and the owners are conducting a league meeting on Monday morning to finalize health and safety measures, financial agreements, and reducing of eliminating preseason games. So, I mean, if we get any info right now, it's probably going to be out by the time this episode comes out. But if we have anything during the episode, we'll update you guys. 
But with all that information said right there, Corey, I have a couple questions for you. First, what are your thoughts about the NFL lacking a set health and safety protocol, but having players and coaches and staff members reporting to training camp? Um, it doesn't shock me. It, it doesn't shock me because the NFL, and I heard uh, Damian Woody mention this, Damian Woody, uh, former NFL player now working with ESPN, he said, for all intents and purposes, when you look at everything that the NFL has done, despite the pandemic, despite everything that's happened in the sporting world and uh, the world in general, it's been business as usual for the NFL. I mean, outside of uh, pushing for the name change of the Washington DC team, it's been business as usual. The draft happened, free agency happened. uh, So training camp is about to happen. So yeah, like I said, like it's been business as usual. So it doesn't really shock you and it shouldn't shock anybody at the fact that the NFL, the brand, the shield are going to be business as usual and be business oriented because especially in these circumstances and in these times, that's really what I expect out of an organization notorious as the NFL. Yeah. I think for the NFL, it's going to be the hardest, if not the the hardest sport in that's that's basically planning on returning in regards to maintaining a safe and healthy environment just because the amount of players and staff members and like you said before with the whole MLB you know being a good indicator of whether the NFL can do it I think that was a great point and I mean there's about 90 players reporting for training camp and for 32 teams that's about almost 3,000 players 2,880 players to be exact and that's not even including the staff members so getting daily tests done or every other day is even going to be a trouble because we've seen with like, yeah, we've seen like with that. baseball, like some teams haven't even had their testers report or they're not getting right. their, their test results in a, like three days. It's taking them to get their test results. So NFL got to get their shit together, come up with a plan and we'll see what happens. But I here's think the a, biggest, I think the biggest ahead. concern, like as far as just this whole thing, like not having a set protocol or a set plan yet, it's just because People are still thinking like, oh, coronavirus. People are acting like coronavirus is like like five or six months in. Like we we're like <laughs> we forget, like we really only started to figure out what this whole thing is or what the situation is, is maybe like two months ago. Cause like it was fresh in like March. And like once it hit like April, everybody was kind of like getting used to like wearing masks and everybody was kind of used to the hearing the phrase social distancing and all that type of stuff and then may in may and june it's kind of been like normal and now in july uh i could still understand like the nfl trying to get as much information i would prefer the nfl get as much information as possible and be able to not i don't want to say lollygag and take their time but just just if you're going to have the immediacy or the precedent to want to have players go to training camp or show up for training camp, then have the immediacy to have some protocols, some safety measures and some uh, maybe have like some, some health officials on call as to what you should do or what regulations you should be preparing as the season gets ever so closer, because as soon as August hits, it's time to think about uh, the season because once it's September, then it's too late to be thinking about what do we do? You should already know what you, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that the players were talking about as well is like the NFL brought in so many health experts, so many doctors, uh, and it kind of seems that they're disregarding everything that those health experts are saying and kind of just doing it what's beneficial for the league itself. And that's why I think that's where, players are getting really mad um but second question i have for you is if you are a player are you reporting to training camp with the given protocols no no i don't think i um I'll, i would say no but it's easily for me to say no but bear in mind like the situation i'll say no like as far as like if if i was like a guy maybe trying to fight to get on a squad maybe it's a different story and maybe i would like definitely probably show up versus if I'm already like an established player, like on a team and 
you know, my contract's good. I'm not in a contract here or anything like that. Then I, and I don't really have a whole lot of incentive to show up, then probably not. <laughs> like if I'm like a Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that, uh, I don't really have all that much of in, incentive to, to hurry up and get to training camp. Like even Russell Wilson, like he mentioned, like I got a baby on the way. Like mm-hmm. I, I need to make sure my family is good. So it, I think it depends on player situation, like similar things with, with the NBA. Uh, the reason I didn't like begrudge players saying that they weren't sure if they wanted to immediately come back is because everybody's situation ain't the same. Like some guys, they were, they rely on the NBA as their meal ticket. They don't, you know, they don't have enough time in the day to be able to do a side hustle or be able to get other avenues of money or they don't have sponsorships like big name stars or anything like that. So the NFL check, that's that check that I need. (laughs) So I need to show up to training camp. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. It it depends on the type of player you are. I mean, if you're the Mahomes, the Watts, the Breeze of the leagues, like there's nothing, like you said, there's no incentive to report because you have a lot less to lose with nothing to gain. So why even show up? And you know, as soon as you come back, you're going to be penciled in as a starter regardless. But for like those other players that are go undrafted or like at the tail end of the draft, it's tougher for them because you look at, Victor Cruz basically made a name for himself of what he did in preseason and right, training exactly. camp. James Harrison was an undrafted free agent who made a name for himself. Tom Brady was a seventh round pick. I mean, he was lucky to get in a situation where, where the whole Drew Bledsoe thing happened. But I mean, the, there's a lot of players that literally they will bend over backwards to get a spot on a team. And I think in this situation, even though they're putting, you know, they're they're high at risk for COVID, they'll still report to training camp just because this is their gateway into uh, a a professional sport and into potentially becoming a superstar. Yeah, and I mean, you don't have to think about it from just uh, for those out there that are saying like, oh, well, even if you are an established player, you should still show up to training camp because you should still think about doing like what's best for the team and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I get that, but then again, look at it from your own perspective if if your job didn't have any didn't have didn't have any outline safety measures ironed out to where you felt comfortable would you would you 100% say you're going to just pencil me in to go to work no because you don't want to just show up to work and you know be the quote-unquote team player if your job is not trying to be a team player towards you or if they're not trying to have your health and safety at all just just somewhat of a concern like even if you don't like care like at least make it look like you care you know what i mean like yeah. the nfl's not even not even got a, a somewhat of a, a a list going to where they're making it look like everything is all in tip-top shape so don't expect me to have to don't don't have these expectations of me to do my quote-unquote job if you're not going to do your quote-unquote job yeah and the nfl has never been in a good spot. They've always, I felt like, been under scrutiny when it comes to the players, fans. Especially when it comes to the players. I mean, go yeah. back, going back to, like, the celebrations and, you know, all that type of stuff. Like, it's always felt like the players in the NFL, even though this is supposed to be, like, uh, somewhat of, like, a level of partnership because the players are the ones that the fans, mm-hmm. you know, come to see or the players are the product that everybody wants to see. The uh, The owners in the NFL – are the ones that, you know, are able to fund it and, you know, make the league go. So it has to be some level of, of, of business compromise. Otherwise it's not going to work. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the nosebleeds. Thanks always for tuning in. Uh, you haven't followed us on social media. What are you doing? Come on now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the nosebleed, the underscore nosebleed, the nosebleed podcast. You already know what it is. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Write a review if you're feeling generous. It really, really helps us out. Um, and shout out to Milton Sports Corner. Check them out. Uh, any last words, Corey? Uh, this is going to be a very interesting week because the MLB season is about to get underway. And, you know, like we were talking about as far as the divisions go, 
it don't it won't take a whole lot like you blink and at the end of august you will kind of start to see which teams are for real and which teams are not yep it is gonna be a fun week i should say two weeks too you'll be seeing it in the episodes because the nba is around the corner too the so. nba is around the corner too so the mls group stages are gonna be wrapping up soon too so we'll get a gist of who's gonna be in the knockout stage so we got a lot a lot of good stuff sports are back oh i love it baby let's just hope that they can stay healthy maintain you know a safe environment and nothing gets shut down fingers crossed yo god bless y'all and y'all have a good day we out of here deuces